presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Uh, coming to you from a, uh, a another stormy, stormy week. Uh, this is our. It looks like they, you know the last two Fridays we have had terrible, terrible storms come through here. Uh, this week it's going to be on Wednesday. Uh, let's just pray and hope that it's not as bad as last Friday, which of course two Fridays ago was Rolling Fork, uh, Amory. Uh, Silver City, those uh, those towns got really really hit hard. Hey, Rolling uh, Fork, aka Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, Rolling, Rolling Stone. Fork. I heard it called several different things um, in one speech. <laughs> and uh, this week, um, you know, this past Friday, EF two went through Desoto County. Uh, uh-huh. They have they labeled it an EF two. Was on the ground for twenty two point seven miles, basically from Tunica County all the way uh, up through Eudora, uh, ending just north of two sixty nine. So just a, a scary thing. Of course, uh, I was in my closet. Um, I got kind of hiding out, kind of watching it. Uh, luckily, it, it skirted uh, the, the under the water tower. But I know there may have been some listeners affected. Uh, we had a sister church of ours uh, that lost power, and a lot of their members were affected. So just a scary times. And again, it looks like another round is coming through this afternoon. Please be safe out there. Please get off the roads. Uh, and uh, we just again prayers uh, for you know that we're, nobody's really affected that that poorly. Yeah, Derek, you and I are wearing you know short sleeve polo shirts in early April. So if it's eighty six degrees outside, you know darn good and well at some point it's coming. That's right. And so um, you know, like you mentioned, the last two weeks in the state of Mississippi have been affected uh, due to weather. Uh, Arkansas, Western Tennessee. I mean, the mid south right now it just seems to be getting hammered pretty regularly when it comes to weather. So thoughts and prayers to all those people that are dealing with that, putting their lives back together. And as you mentioned lucky right here under the water tower that uh, we were you know nothing came into the uh, city of Hernando uh, for sure so that's something that's happened since our last show and we're going to talk a little bit more about a couple things that have happened since our last show that's how we begin each and every show after we do our ad reads for our wonderful sponsors and Derek Mobile Cars and Vans is right next to a pool place it is right next to a pool place uh, and if you are interested if a pool is something that you are thinking about or considering for you in the future from a home place mm-hmm. maybe a place that you can enjoy your family backyard uh, things maybe even some type of a uh, uh, some type of a, like a photo shoot or something in yeah, a pool like hosting events hosting yeah hosting events, an event yeah. or some type of a, a photo shoot in mm-hmm. your pool would be a you know a perk of having a pool that is correct you know, that would be correct and if you're looking for a home in DeSoto County with a pool something you can host an event uh, something nice like that in the backyard uh, to take advantage of that opportunity you may need some help when it comes to negotiating finding that home and negotiating the best price of that home and most of our listeners know they know I'm speaking about working with the best real estate team in DeSoto County for the past 15 years Team Couch of Birch Realty Group Team Couch is our 2023 presenting sponsor and they possess over 70 years of combined real estate experience they have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of residential real estate they are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team and this past year were voted DeSoto's best for the fifth time they are currently offering a free no obligation market analysis simply give them your address they can tell you all about your street your neighborhood what's going on within a one mile radius of your home a five mile radius of your home brian and terry possess all the analytics that you want from your realtor in 2023 give them a call at 662-449-1700 that's 662-449-1700 call brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653 that's 461 sold s-o-l-d you can also do a full home search at their award-winning website teamcouch.com again that's teamcouch.com 
late spring starts to really kick off a time in the Mid-South, especially with beautiful weather, uh, flowers blooming, and definitely a really big time when it comes to real estate. People starting to get back out, consider moving their home, their family, but don't trust one of the largest investments you're ever going to make in your life to someone that just started their real estate career. Use someone with experience. Use someone with over 60 years of combined real estate experience. Team Couch or Birch Realty Group, 662-449-1700. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. As I mentioned moments ago, Derek, the Mobile Cars and Vanderbilt Studios next to a pool place located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Cars, trucks, vans, if you're traveling for summer, if your child uh, attends a youth group here locally and they are traveling for this summer and the youth pastor is trying to figure out putting some travel plans together, we are booking up really, really fast when it comes to passenger vans for the summer of 2023. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Call us today. Let us help you with any insurance claims. Derek, you and I have a friend of ours that had an issue. Her car was damaged by another person, and I had to assist her in working with the insurance claim, working with the insurance to put her in a car. Uh, it's amazing to me how these insurance companies will really just be like, oh, sorry, can't help you. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, my car was damaged due to your claimant, your insured person. And uh, we were able to help her get in, you know, she drives a, an expedition. We were able to help her get a little bit more money towards a minivan. Mm-hmm. So she may have that minivan through the rest of the year. And she, her husband listens to this <laughs> show and uh, I'm, I'm saying that body shops are way behind right now, but yeah. uh, that's some of the stuff, some of the things that we're going to try and, and fight for you, help you when it comes to a claim right here at mobile cars and van 662-469-4555, the official studio of the under the water tower podcast, mobile cars and vans. Well, Derek, we talked about it last week and how we start our show each and every week. Since our last show, a couple of things. I'll go first. FIMU Parents Weekend. Last weekend, you mentioned the weather came through on Friday, so that got canceled around 4 o'clock. The Friday event that we were supposed to have got canceled. And then on Saturday, we had the entire Lyric down in Oxford, rented out for FIMU Parents Weekend. And then on uh, Sunday, had a simple brunch there at the FIMU house. You and I talked a little bit off air about that. Um, quite overwhelming. With the number of kids, the number of girls and parents, very well attended, which is good. You hope to see that. Very well attended. Um, It was tough to meet other parents. I'll say that. It was tough to meet other parents in uh, uh, the dark lyric uh, theater. Bar. Bar, Bar, yeah, Yeah. theater. That that, that was tough. And, you know, with music kind of playing and stuff like that. But, you know, a good experience. It's, uh, you know, wonderful in the South especially Mississippi State and Ole Miss, uh, very Greek. And so it's a big thing for most of our kids from Hernando that travel, go to a four-year school in Starkville or Oxford, are typically involved in a fraternity or sorority. So, you know, it was a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then, uh, you know, got to see Hannah Grace, which is most important to see her and spend a little time with her. A good friend of mine from college, he and his wife were nice enough to let us stay uh, there with them in their guest area. And so just a really fun time. And uh, so that's what's happened around the Crane House since our last show. And then, Derek, I know that we have a major sponsor that is uh, DeSoto Family Dental Care. They were not involved in what you're going to talk about for your weekend. However, uh, you had some dentistry going on at your house this past weekend. No, they made the referral. Uh, there you that, go. It was okay. something that they made a referral. Actually, back last year, my son finally had his wisdom tooth removed. And not, a, not a fun process for anyone. Uh, it was something that was, should have been done in January, but he had a conflict. Uh, they had to move it. I think we moved it to February, had another conflict. And so basically we said, hey, man, you got to come home and get this done. Uh, got it done before Easter. And so uh, not, a, not a fun weekend for him. Kind of laid low for uh, uh, us most of the weekend. You know, watched a little basketball. 
uh, with that, and it got up, you know, just a little bit of yard work done, not much to do when all your plants have, are dead. But, you know, just kind of took it easy. Uh, he will be back for uh, on Thursday. Uh, my daughter is also out of town. She's on a mission trip. And so, um, we'll have where's a, that mission trip? That's in Clarksdale. Okay. Uh, they're doing a, a they're helping uh, yeah, a church local, down there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a local thing. It's they do a local uh, trip and either, as a, either a sophomore or a junior, and then as a junior or a senior, you get to go to Jamaica as long as you continue with that course, uh, which she plans on doing. So just a good thing for her. It's her first real service project um, as a sophomore, and so uh, I, you know, I think she's learning a lot, seeing a lot. So I'm, I'm excited for her, and maybe you know, kind of how it touches her heart. Uh, and then have both of them back on Thursday to get ready for a long Easter weekend for them. I'll still be working Friday and Monday. So believe it or not, everybody listening, Easter is the one holiday that the federal government does not give us off. Therefore, the banks will be open both Friday and Monday, uh, as shall I. So, um, yeah, everybody else will have a couple of days off, and, and I will still be working. I will not make any comment on that. <laughs> but isn't it very telling that Easter, We everybody that's listening to this show knows what Easter is about, both Friday and Easter Sunday. And you're telling me that the federal government is not off? Not it, nope. You, can't, you have to separate church and religion. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have to separate religion and government. Okay. And therefore, uh, it is separated, so we do not we do not get that off. Certain religions, because there are other religions that uh, sure you we get. Well, they did not get Passover, which is today. Uh, did not give the Jews their their day. Um, so we're not all. I'm uh, not talking about anything about that. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not even talking about anything from a. What most people would think about a religion. Yeah. Certain religions have kind of taken over. That's um, true. That's true. The religion but, of. Um, Certain things. Well, I there's mean, yeah. there's certain new uh, holidays that have come about. There that are, are some very new interesting. Um, but in, <laughs> we are we are we are open Friday. We're open Monday. They'll be home Thursday. So I'm looking for another. I mean, basically, I think everybody's going to be kind of laying low. Hopefully, you're with family this weekend. We're going to talk more about our church at the end of the show, like we always do. Kind of, you know, uh, what our services will be for this Sunday, and uh, we're just really looking forward to it. But, but I'm not. I mean, don't feel sorry for the banks because they do get some good holidays. Oh, we get eleven holidays. It's just <laughs> they get some holidays. Not one of them. Oh, you look up. Yeah, there's times I show up to the bank and I get out of the car and I'm like, what? What? What holiday is this? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, that's been going on since our last show. Uh, you know, the weather uh, certainly on Friday affected uh, the city of Oxford as we as we talked about. Uh, it was funny, Derek. We're sitting there watching it was almost one o'clock in the morning and the red was coming right towards oxford and i've never seen it before because we live in hernando but as it was getting closer and closer to oxford um the news channel whatever team it was just said okay guys we're going to wrap up for the night and stop <laughs> and just stopped and went back was that to memphis or tupelo that was in memphis okay regularly you, you scheduled switch over to tupelo they just went right back at, i mean we didn't we, it's not our tv so we didn't know exactly where oh, to go gotcha, gotcha. but still it's right in memphis and they show this big red line coming to oxford and then by about twelve fifty nine, said oh. all right we're going to get back to our regular <laughs> i guess the uh, shark vacuum or the uh, emerald the emerald grill that was about to come on the uh, you know i guess maybe that's some i wish i, I still program. wish it was the star spangled banner and then just static sure i mean yeah, that <laughs> That would, that's basically what happened. Static would have to start paying very a whole lot better. That's what would have to happen. Well, this being our first show in the month of April, most people are going to know what we talk about uh, to start the first show. Happened to have an Alderman meeting since our last show. Derek, let's talk about the Alderman meeting inside the city of Fernando. Uh, would have taken place yesterday. Took place uh, on Tuesday night. That is correct. And we're gonna. I'm gonna mention a couple things in the consent agenda. Something that we normally skip. But uh, there's three things I want to read out. This is just kind of a uh, giving a little pu- public service announcement. I, I won't say that. It's more of an, an ad. Kind of let you know some things that are coming to Hernando here in the future. So there was an approval to partner with the Lobos Rush Soccer Club to host a soccer camp open to the community at Hernando Soccer Complex on June 12th through the 16th of this year. So this summer, June 12th through the 16th, the Lobos Rush Soccer Club will be hosting a soccer, a soccer camp that's open to everyone. If that's something that you want to kind of maybe go ahead and schedule on your calendar, uh, put in for that, uh, th- there'll be sign-ups, you know, 
coming forthcoming now that it's approved, but that's something that you may want to look at. And then finally, this is something I don't know much about. I'm going to try to find a little more about. Uh, there was an approval to close a section of Old Mackinville and School Road for the Marks-Bensdorf bike race on June 24th of 2023 from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. I don't know if it's like a one little one-mile race or kind of what, what that is. I'm going to find a little more about that, but they went ahead. From so, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. is a long time. That's a so. long time, so I'm not sure what that's for, but it's uh, at Old McInvale and School Road uh, for the Marks-Bensdorf bike race. Uh, that, again, that'll be on June 24th, um, so just kind of mark that in your calendars if that's something you may be interested in. Now, moving to the um, – I guess to the main part of the the agenda, there is another update on the uh, on the animal shelter. Um, there was they they had to approve a uh, uh, I guess an invoice or whatever for fifty thousand dollars, which was already in the budget. It's it's fine. There was no comments other than there was a comment. Hey, when is this? When should this be open? Right. <laughs> and uh, open in about six weeks because there has been back orders on cabinets and cages. So they're waiting on cabinets and cages to get it open. So right now you're probably looking into May uh, for the animal shelter to open. If anybody wants an update on that. The next, Matt, uh, ended up being the longest part of the meeting. Which so real quick on the animal shelter, no, no issues about money or anything no, like that. Just no. okay. They had to approve an invoice. There was no, there was no discussion on it. it was fine. And then uh, I think um, Alderman Wicker asked for, hey, when, when, when I'm getting some questions sure, as to get- when this is going to be open. And the mayor said about six weeks because of the uh, cabinet and cage back order. Wow. Next was a, re- a request to increase the transport paramedic pay scale. And so the police chief got up there and said, hey, look, the city's constantly losing paramedics. The city has three slots for paramedics this year, and they have yet to receive an application on any of those three slots. Wow, yeah. Now, they have five medics, but they lost two in the last couple of weeks to other going to other cities. This is the police chief or the fire chief? This is the fire chief. Fire chief. Fire, fire chief. chief. Marshall Berry. Marshall Berry. The city has never had a medic for longer than five years and they usually leave in about 10 months or less uh, wow. because they find another position for better pay. Olive Branch is currently in the process of hiring 18 medics, and he's afraid that we may lose some of the ones that we have now to them. Uh, right now, Hernando pays $19.14 an hour. This is an increase over $15 an hour that was given uh, in the fiscal 2021 year. So we've actually already increased it $4. We're at 1914 an hour. However, other cities pay between 1990, which is Horn Lake, and 2210, which is Olive Branch. So we are we are below everybody, all the four major cities in DeSoto County at 1914. So the police, the excuse me, the fire chief wanted to take the current average salary from 59,000 up to 70,000. That would make us the highest in the county so for a while. For a while, good, it, yeah. it would put us over 2210, and I'll give you the figures here in just a moment uh, after, as after we discuss. Um, the revenue for the fire budget is already 64000 higher this year than this same time last year, and he's projecting it to be up $97,000 higher than last year uh, once we finish out this year on September 30th. Now, Alderman Miller said that we have the lowest city budget out of the four cities, so it would make sense that we had the lowest pay of the four cities, but the chief, he said, you know, so even though we have the lowest budget, you're asking for the highest pay for paramedics. He said that this position had a, has already had a 42% increase in the last two years. No other position has had that. He then asked, did the fire chief look at contracting out part of their work? In other words, maybe hiring part-time, hiring for specific you know things that go on. And has all the due diligence been done, not five years ago, but like in the last you know six months, has he done any due diligence to see if there's other ways to, to, you know, to kind of piecemeal this uh, you know, through another budget season or two? Now, Doc Harris then commented he does agree that everyone is fighting for the same medics. The chief said that he has increased his revenue, again, 
hundred thousand dollars over the last two years and is already is projecting to do it another time you know for this year and so he has generated enough to cover the increase that he's asking for the city clerk provided numbers that said if the request was to be approved it would cost the city another hundred and twelve thousand dollars annually so it would be break even with the revenue that the far that the fire chief uh, has you know said that he looks like he's going to project for this year if every medic position was filled Right, right, that's correct. So here's what it would be: one twelve over the next year if we had those five at that price done. Right, based yeah. on the pay scale that he, so he's going to have. He had one price for newly hired medics, right, sure. one after five years, and one that had been at the, with the, the force ten years. Yeah, encouraging them to stay. That's right. The mayor then mentioned that we had some one-time money this year, but of course that's not guaranteed in future years. So that's something that needed to be th- uh, thought about. The increase would make the paramedics higher paid. So again, if they were to approve this. Right. Uh, one of them asked, hey, what is your salary? And so he told him, and he said, what's the assistant chief's salary? If this was approved, the every paramedic would be making more than the assistant chief. The only people in the fire department or under the fire chief that would make uh, that would make more than paramedics would just be him. Um, but the chief mentioned that the state of Mississippi needs 9,700 paramedics and only has 2,800. Mm. So they could almost name their price. So, again, anybody listening right now, anybody in college, anybody looking for a change in a career, um, it's, uh, you know, this may be a line of work to think about that you can come out making uh, sixty-five dollars to $70,000 uh, newly hired out of school uh, as a paramedic, and you could basically apply for where you wanted to, and they would hire you. Again, uh, young people listening and or people looking for a change of job, this may be something you want to look into. Uh, he also made the comment that at, you know there could come a time when the paramedics actually make more money than the mayor because they can demand it and that right. they're in such high demand. Now, Alderman Miller it's wants supply and demand. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. sadly, and, and what is. they what they do is life or death. Literally, life or death. I mean, so it's they do skilled. Have I mean, yes. it, it's all hours. I mean, your own call. I mean, I'm not saying it's a it's an easy you know eight to five desk job, but uh, it does pay well. Uh, it can pay well, and of course, you can pick where you want to live. Alderman Miller wants to look at. Uh, under every stone to see how this could be staffed before giving an 18% raise. Doc Harrison made the comment to make sure that the ambulance are staffed when needed, so this was very important. He says he wants to try and hire the best of the best and try to have long-time employees. So they had a little more discussion. Bruce Robinson, who was not there but was on the phone, made a motion to increase the pay, and the motion passed 6-1 to with Alderman Miller being the lone descending vote. So here is the new pay scale now. Remember I mentioned. Effective win. Effective, uh, I guess, immediately. Right. I mean, wow, it, okay. They went ahead and put it in for the second half of this year. So he can repost those jobs at these new uh, these new amounts. Again, 2210 is the current highest in the county at Isle Branch until now. Uh, for a starting paramedic right out of school, right out of school, excuse me, in Hernando, now 2258. Uh, a paramedic two, which has five years experience, 2326. And a paramedic three with ten years of experience would be twenty three ninety six. So those are the three, um, the three. So twenty two fifty eight, twenty three twenty six, twenty three ninety six. Now the highest in the county for paramedic pay is the uh, in Hernando. Very interesting, Derek. I mean, yeah, that's where we are now. I mean, we we talked about this numerous times on this show. We've talked about and, and uh, you know an unskilled laborer can now go and demand more than ever before. It's no surprise that 
this is a like skill said, yeah, exactly. yeah, that oh. skill paramedic went through you know uh schooling went through the different things went through all the different stuff to get nationally certified uh, with their boards and, and everything um should be able to to make that and earn that so That's and, and hernando you know just recently uh bought a new ambulance because of the demand so they right. have to have the staffing and so hopefully going forward that means we can have longer uh you know longer tenor, tenured staff uh under the paramedic department Next, moving on to the uh, – they gave the uh, mayor the authority to sign the Nesbitt Road sidewalk project. Uh, this is the uh, – in and around the Nesbitt Square, they're going to add a project. This is an ongoing project for several years. There will also be site lighting by energy, so that was approved. The next was the appeal of the decision for the uh, fence at the John Deere place out Highway 304, uh, Wade Incorporated. Uh, I was asking for a fence variance. They just put up a chain link fence with barbed wire. That was out of city code. They had had several complaints about that. The planning commission had denied their variance and asked them to tear up the fence to, 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 you know, to remove it. And so the uh, zone C4 and the current fence was built without permits. The current fence is a chain link fence, as I mentioned, with barbed wire built because the company had experienced loss from theft. The planning commission denied the request, so a supermajority uh, was needed in order to try to get, this, to get their request passed. The company had agreed to dig up the current fence on the front, make a wood fence split rail on the front, put up a black-coated vinyl to the chain link to the building, and then have a landscape barrier uh, around certain sections of it. Now, Alderwoman Lynch wanted to say, you know, she made it. She made it known. She said, "Look, what they are now bringing to us is not what the planning commission saw. The planning commission was asked to allow them to have the the chain link fence that was already out there. They had come had concessions. They had, you know, we we talked about this last uh, meeting. They tabled it to this meeting to have a, you know a few more discussions." And so what the aldermen were looking at was completely different than what the Planning Commission looked at. So if they voted to allow this, this was not kind of overriding the Planning Commission because it was a completely different request. John Stevenson, uh, a, a somebody from the community, he came up there, he spoke, and said he was completely against the current fence. And he was one of the ones that had called the mayor to te- said tear it down. He said the current proposal, it's much better. It's not 100% in compliance. But owning a big uh, machine dealership has its unique challenges with all the theft and people sure, trying to get tractors and equipment off the, off the lot. He completely understands that and that he was actually in favor of the current request. And so it was voted on and approved. Great. So they, they will be tearing down the current fence and putting up a split wood rail on the front with some chain link and some um, black uh, vinyl on, on the, the side and the back. So they, they talked it out. We talk about it all the time. This is what city governments do. Talked it out. Came to an agreement, understanding, everybody approved. Was it approved 7-0? Yes, 7-0. Okay, well, that's, yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to that. That'll be nice. Yeah. Next one was another variance that had uh, been denied at the Planning Commission. This was for a hotel to be located. Again, this was one of the ones we talked about also was tabled uh, behind Muddy's. Correct. Uh, this is kind of uh, right there's uh, on the ball field section, I guess, right next to the neighborhood um, on Creekside Boulevard, right next to the uh, neighborhood that goes back in there when you turn, I guess, between Muddy's and Walmart uh, or Arby's right there. There is a request for a five-story hotel that was going to be 65 feet high. That is 30 feet above the current maximum. So the, right now, the current uh, height variance, you can't go more than 35 feet in the city of Hernando without a variance. Uh, it will sit on two and a half acres. And so, again, they brought it before the Planning Commission. The Planning Commission said, uh, no, we're not going to give you that variance. That's pretty high. That's 65 feet really yeah. high. Um, so, you know, he, he was asking, he said, look, this is the trend nationally. Right. Everybody's going to five-story hotels. This is going to be, you know, over 100 rooms. You know, $2 per night per room is what this will be given to the city for right. their uh, tourism tax. You know, he kind of went through all the numbers. Uh, and, you know, so 
they and the Ottoman said, hey, look, you know, we five is high. We we did talk about, I guess, you know, in the meantime, since the denial by the planning commission, they had been talking about a four story okay. hotel. Again, the the owner, the person who's planning to build it, was okay talking about a four. Talk about a four, and Great. so again, thirty five feet, basically three foot, they could build today. Sure, so a, a, three story. A three-story they could build today. It's yeah. already zoned that way. There would be no reason to come from here other than to approve the design of the hotel. But right now it's a C two, so a, a you know a hotel could be built right now at thirty-five feet, and you never would have heard anything about this. But they were because they were asking for the sixty-five feet, it had to come. Yes. The owner said, "Look, we're all requesting sixty-five feet. The trees around the area are eighty-eight feet tall. We've already redesigned the building now to where there are no windows that look toward the neighborhood." Uh, it would be a Marriott flag, wow. which is a a higher end hotel. Uh, it would be the only Marriott flag, uh, you know, between here and South Haven, obviously. And the, the industry, as I mentioned, he said, "Look, this is really what the industry is going toward at these five story hotels." Hernando uh, is the gem of the county. Yes, they do play ball up in South Haven, but people want to be a little bit, you know. I mean, right. if, if you can't be right on the property, you want to be somewhere where it's easy getting in and out of, having places to eat. So he went with the uh, flattery mode. Uh, he did. He did. Get, there was a lot of flattery in there. Um, I like it. Now the so they kind of went back and forth. He he did talk. There's a creek behind there that has to have a buffer, um, that you know that's having some erosion issues. The city's gonna have to deal with, but they can't touch it. It is natural. They'll leave it that way. Then that's when the alderman let look. You know we've talked to you about four stories. Would you be okay at four stories? He kept saying, I would like five stories. Sure. But I would be okay at four stories, and then so they they pressed him. They said, "What is your request?" Right. So real quick, three three is building three is now. today. Five five is moon, and I mean. Five is pie in the sky. I think we're headed towards four. Go ahead. So he said, what is your final request? So ultimately he said, the owner requested a four-story, and then they put a maximum height of 55 feet just to make sure. Sure. They they call the tear pits that kind of go above there to hide the air conditioners and stuff like that. Yes, of course. Um, So to make sure that the top ornaments don't exceed that. Now, two people who live in Creekside came to speak out against the hotel and said that no one had talked to them about the hotel, even though that the guy presenting it said, I've gone to talk to some of the residents. And not only that, but one of the ones saying that he had not been talked to was the HOA president who knew nothing uh, before the, the planning commission right. meeting about a 65-foot hotel. He said, they, you know, we've already got two hotels going in. And this is something that I think everybody needs to understand. This would be the third hotel in that area. So you've got one next to the AT&T store. It's right, going right behind the AT&T store and the Guarantee Bank. So that lot behind there. That lot behind there that's on the south side of Creekside Boulevard. There, there's a home to switch or something like that going there. All right, behind Muddy's, there is a Holiday Inn already planned, and now there would be a Marriott. Okay. So there's going to be three hotels right there. The other two were approved at 52 and a half feet and 50 feet. So they already were approved at four stories and they are with about 50 to 52 feet uh, of, of clearance or excuse me, of height. So they said, look, we've already got two. Now it's going to be a third at this higher amount. We understand we can't change it because it's a C2 and they can put whatever they want to put sure. here. But, um, and so they, you know, but, and the, another lady came up and said, Hey, I didn't know hotels could go here. This is terrible. I've lived there 20 years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So then the alderman cleared up, Hey, look, when was this zoned? And um, Austin, uh, the city planner, said, hey, look, this has been zoned at least since 2001 wow. uh, for C2 Highway because bef- this is before Walgreens. This is a lot of stuff that has been built there that was not there, so it was actually considered you could see it from the highway. Right, sure. Um, there was no Bank Plus. There was none. Of, I think the Sonic was there right. and uh, Loves. <laughs> That's what was yeah. there. Um, and so there was a lot of, you know, so this was C2 Highway. 
that was before the neighborhood was built. Yes. So this was actually in place before the neighborhood was built. They, you know, this. I'm sorry that you didn't know about this, but this is always this is a long term zoning. Uh, so it's not really they could put in. You know, that's when Andrew Miller said, "Look, they can put a story, a three story hotel on there right now. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is the height, how much we're going to allow." Right. So they went back and forth, finally made a motion for a four story with a 55 uh, foot max. It did pass. It had to have a supermajority. It had to have a supermajority since the planning commission denied it, uh, and it was passed five to two, which so is a supermajority. Barely got the supermajority with Alderwoman Lynch and Alderman Piper voting nay. So there's two no votes, but it's it's still passed. It's still and, passed. And again, I guess I'd forgotten, but wow, yeah, that's so three hotels. The next three years, there'll be three hotels right there in that area, right there. And again, the city of Fernando makes money off of that. That's right. Uh, okay. two, you get the property tax, uh, the commercial right, property, property tax, tax commercial. plus two dollars. For every hundred dollars spent uh, right. in, in tourism tax, okay, and we just had what we talked about thirty seconds ago was how do we afford to pay our paramedics? There you go. Um, do you see a correlation between the two? Mm-hmm. Bigger budget for the city of Fernando, bigger things that we want. The same lady that was complaining probably would love for the paramedic to have you know show up at her house, <laughs> but she still she would probably like for the paramedic to know how to do CPR when they yep. show up at her house. The only way for us to afford these things is. To give a little bit when it comes to that. And you kind of make it an area. You know, you had three hotels there. You've got the Hampton across the street, basically, now. Um, You had the old one at Love's that's been torn down now. So that area has always had a couple of days in. Days in right there. So you have days in, Hampton. interstate area. And you have three more. So right there, you'll have five hotels. Um, You'll have a Walmart, the Arby's. So it's kind of... I mean that's it's kind of a, a self-contained. If you can, get, and then you've got the um the was it the Super Eight on the other side, whatever right. it is, right on the, on the other side of the interstate, all right there by the interstate. If you can kind of keep them contained there. Now if they start spreading out all over the city, I completely understand, and you know maybe some zoning issues to look at, but. Five right there. I know the people living in that neighborhood. That is not a, a great. I mean, having to pull in and out, having the people cut through Thousand Oaks through your neighborhood to get to Walmart. Now having people that may be trying to check out at the same time you're trying to go to work or school. I, I could completely understand that. It's going to be frustrating, and there may have to be a stoplight put there at some point because of all the traffic coming in and out right there with with the uh, the hotels opening. But it, it is you know it, it there's you know you have to have the money for certain things. And then, you know, yes. so how exactly do we do it? Yes. And this is what was approved. Those hotels will stay nice for two decades. Yeah. I mean, that's where we are. It's right now, it's just it's just woods right now. Yep. It's an old baseball field that a travel baseball team used to use to get ready for games or whatever. So it's just woods, and that's fine. But the nice hotel, they will be nice hotels for two decades, and most of those people statistically will be gone from that neighborhood. Yes. I mean, that's just kind of where we are. So you can't afford – better paramedics without having to give something so and, this and is you, what's you'll com- see improvements happening. of that street too they'll, yeah, they'll be nice yes that, that'll move up the list to be paved once sure. those are done all that kind of stuff so and you'll have sidewalks also yeah. each each hotel will have to have a sidewalk that so now you can walk from the neighborhood to muddy's to arby's on paved sidewalks yeah. and to and from so that, there, there's, there's some give and take on both ends right and uh, that's what the board does is maintain and make sure that those things happen and and we know that if it's going to be a hotel they're not going to clear cut the trees that's right. <laughs> Maybe. Which is only – Hopefully not. They're not going to clear-cut trees because churches specialize in destroying uh, trees in the city of Fernando. Uh, speaking of churches, Matt, that leads us to our last uh, item on the agenda. This was the uh, bond the, to waive a bond requirement for the required sidewalks to defer to construction for the Mount Pleasant and Raleigh subdivision. This is for the new church going on there right there on Mount Pleasant across from the elementary school, I guess, bus entrance. Um, they are requesting – to waive the bond for the $10,000 letter of credit until 
the it's time to put the sidewalks in. So not ha- making them do it right sure. now to start construction, but to actually wait. Hey, look, once we get close to actually having to put the sidewalk in, can we wait to put up the bond then? Uh, Scott Star- Sarder spoke for the church, so they you know saying that look, we don't really know when we're going to get to that that point. We don't have a uh, completion date right now; is unknown, and so you know we we really don't want to have to get a, a letter of credit for a year or two when we might not even be close to getting there until that time. So there was a little discussion how you know hey look we we need to have some kind of standard on when we require bonds when we don't but because it was only ten thousand dollars it was approved with the caveat that no certificate of occupancy will be given until the completion of the sidewalk so they have to have it done as one of the things in order to uh, for the city to sign off on their final inspection and Matt, uh, there was an executive session, of course, that we don't know about. We don't know what went on, but it was listed for parks personnel and prospective litigation that was also discussed on Tuesday night. As you mentioned, Derek, a little bit of an hour-long uh, meeting for the uh, first meeting of the month of April. Um, again, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, I like the Planning Commission does their thing. They recommend to the Board of Auburn, but when it's all said and done, they have the final say, and sounds like they talked and discussed a number of different things, came up with the best plan or what they thought was the best plan for the city, and uh, those things are moving forward. So whether it be about fencing, height of hotels, all that kind of stuff, you know, thank you all for doing the uh, the city work, and we appreciate that the first and third Tuesday of each and every week. Well, Derek, something else that wrapped up, thought it might go a little longer, but it wrapped up what seems to be on time, is the legislature down in Jackson. Yeah, so tell us about that and all the different things that wrapped up in the city of Jackson. They had to pass a resolution in order to extend it a couple days. Uh, they did have to use those couple days. But the Mississippi legislature pulled an all-nighter and passed a state budget of $7.6 billion early Saturday morning, the largest budget, not counting federal funds, in the state's history. It includes a roughly $120 million increase in public K-12 education spending, an extra $620 million for road work, and $104 million bailout of the state's struggling hospitals. It also includes more than $600 million for individual lawmakers' projects this election year. So again, $600 million in pet projects because you know, some people have to get reelected. The budget includes no new major tax cuts or refunds for Mississippians. So one of my, uh, I guess, I think one of my uh, New Year's, I guess, guesses or things that we thought we'd see this year, I, I thought that there would be maybe a potential uh, checks coming back to Mississippians. That did not happen. So it does not include any tax cuts or refunds. Uh, and even though Tate Reeves, House Speaker Philip Gunn, and Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman said early in the year, that they would try to provide relief for taxpayers, which was kind of why I gave my uh, a prediction that did not come true. The legislature appropriated $7 million in one fund for relief for residents impacted by the tornadoes that ripped through North Mississippi earlier this month, killing at least 21 people, and $7 million in another fund for housing for those impacted by the storm. So they, they quickly gave out about $14 million, and that was for the first run of tornadoes that came through, the Rolling Fork, Amory, you know, uh, Winona tornadoes. In addition, $3 million was appropriated for the schools to help pay their damages from the tornadoes and $1.5 million for hospitals that suffered damages. So they reacted pretty quickly, going pulling an all-nighter, trying to get that money uh, sent out, uh, appropriated pretty quickly, along with passing the overall budget. Now, for DeSoto County, what does that mean? Local schools will see an increase of $8 million to their budget due to the funding and formula adjustments and school system and $25 million was designated for I-55 and Senate Bill 3043. This was specifically this was set specifically for our project, which only happened 
on two capacity projects, Senator Parker wrote. So he kind of wrote in and said, look, you know, we, the government had asked for us to get like 125, 150 million. We only got 25 million, but we were only one of the only two projects in the entire state that got specific money put toward ours. And what they will be able to do is take that 25 million and say, hey, look, uh, they're going to apply for federal funds and use that $25 million as maybe a 20% matching fund, which we hope that can happen. Um, for the Under the Water Tower, Hernando will get $1.5 million for the roundabout construction at Highway 51 in Oak Grove that everyone loves to talk about. Walls will receive 250000 for the Walls Volunteer Fire Department. And DeSoto County as a whole will see $500,000 for a parking lot and staging improvements. Now, now, DeSoto County News, the uh, online DeSotoCountyNews.com, you can go on there to find out what South Haven and Olive Branch were designated. They also had a couple of projects that had money designated specifically to them. Uh, but, of course, Hernando, the, the, all of theirs was spent for the $1.5 million for that roundabout. So those are just some of the things that benefit right here in the DeSoto County area from the Mississippi legislature. Again, as I mentioned, Derek, that's kind of their goal is to wrap up end of March, right? I mean, that's the goal is to, to end up January, February, March to, to take care of 2023. That's correct. Right, yeah, yeah, just kind of end of March. So, you know, again, you never have to worry about me running for anything statewide for sure. If I don't want to run an alderman here locally where I, I could just stay right here, no chance I'm running for state representative. Just not something I'm interested in at, at all. But thank you to all those folks that go down to Jackson – and help us out and make those decisions. And thank you to those uh, people that go, that go down to Jackson and fight and ask questions and demand money and effort and stuff and attention for DeSoto County. Sadly, that's the way it works. That's it. you got to play politics in 2023. It just kind of is. And it's an election year, so it, you know, it's even – Oh, well, yeah, it's an election year for real. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you – I'm glad that you um, mentioned – money going towards rolling stone i really i'm, I'm excited about that because that's that's the right thing to do uh rolling stone should be taken care of uh, for what those uh, people are going through well Derek, before we recognize our wonderful official dentist of the utw podcast let's give our fact of the month that comes to us each and every month from rob long and the staff at the desoto county museum desoto county museum located on commerce street across the street from cadence bank ready to serve you tuesday through saturday nine to five some of the wonderful artifacts wonderful memorabilia located at the DeSoto County Museum. Again, get by and visit Rob Long and his staff Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. Derek, give us this week's DeSoto County Fact of the Month. This month's Fact of the Month, uh, this is Easter week, and Easter week in 1877 had more than just church services filling up that calendar that week. 146 years ago, a special affair with W.W. Cole's Menagerie and Hippodrome came to town, which brought hippopotamuses, elephants, exotic birds, and reptiles, all the large cats, and also brought along acrobatic performances of the highest caliber. Now, here are some of the other wonders that visited Hernando on April 4th of 1877. So I'm going to read this uh, straight from the paper from 1877. The Living Alaska Oceanica Lions, uh, a.k.a. Sea Lions. They brought sea lions to Hernando. Uh, a drove of Bactrian camels. Um, let's see what else we had. We had uh, $100,000 worth of golden tableau car and chariots, like mountains of burnished gold in the sunlight. Um, there was a, a, a City of Paris mammoth hot air balloon 
that said that they it shot up to 10,000 feet in the air over the city of Hernando. Uh, it was free of charge to kind of look at that one. Uh, and so just all kind of stuff. It was 50 cents admission for anybody 10 and over. Under 10 got in for 25 cents. Uh, they had 30 cages of wild beast. Just all this came to Hernando on April 4th of 1877 with the Menagerie and Hippodrome. Uh, just brought all this into town. So I, I can't imagine. I'm going to say this. If that came to town now, that would be an, a, a huge. I can't imagine in 1877 not being able to go to zoos. And, and see you know, animal, some of those animals uh, at zoos pretty regularly. We've got a great zoo in Memphis that we can do that. So people in DeSoto County, I'm sure, have seen lions and you know, the tigers and the sea lions and stuff like that. But to have um, all this come to town, to your town, if they came to Hernando again today, that would be awesome. You know, I, I would pay 50 cents to go see that. What's, well, we'd, we'd all probably <laughs> play, pay more than that. Yeah. What's sad, Derek, is that could never happen because – Permits or something would get oh, in the no, way. Oh, no, that would be like animal abuse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Some kind of permits would get in the way, blocking us from seeing all these animals for a quarter. But I mean, you know, so the that, bearded that, lady or something. Yeah, they that, threw up the big tent, had yeah, the acrobats. I mean, that was yeah, just awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. So anyway, that happened again 146 years ago this week, which was also Easter week in 1877. Are you telling me a traveling circus, uh, are you saying that it's it's similar to or not not at all like The Greatest Showman? Because that, that seemed to be a little bit over the top. I, I, Let me get this straight. Hugh Jackman and uh, Zach Efron show up. I mean, guys that look like that and stuff like that. They, they, that's what the circus was back in the day? Well, Negative. I, I think it was more like the people that were with you, Jack. Zach Efron. Zach Efron was not pulling you know it down. Yeah, the people that showed the town in 1877 traveling circus look like the people that would call them names yes. and that had been drinking too long. Yeah, uh, that, yeah that's Wandering reason, around the country. Uh, they're called carnies. Okay, carnies. Yeah, they're exactly. called carnies. Yeah, that's, that's what they are. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rob Long, for another wonderful fact of the month uh, given to us each and every month by the DeSoto County Museum. Get by sometime uh, this coming up spring or the summer, of course, as kids get out of school. Maybe something to go and do. See the new things at the DeSoto County Museum every Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. Well, Derek, now comes the time to recognize, as I mentioned just a moment ago, the official dentist of the UTW podcast, a wonderful business in the city of Fernando that has done so much, so many wonderful things for families for the last, well, probably around three to four decades. Tell us all about DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Now let's turn our attention to our Under the Water Tower shout-outs, middle of our show each and every week, where we talk about, give a bit of praise to some of the nonprofits in the city of Fernando doing wonderful work. Derek, it looked like this past weekend we had been talking about the fashion show on Thursday night, Fish Fry on Friday, Saturday the rock, the Flock Around the Block 5K race uh, took place. So really, really busy all around the city of Fernando. And again, that's going to be part of our small town, part of the different things that make Fernando a wonderful place to live. And this coming weekend is going to be no different. Obviously, Easter Sunday on Sunday, Good Friday on Friday, a number of people be at, like all the schools are out, uh, the only 
businesses that'll be open. Obviously, as you mentioned, will be banks. Banks. So, but uh, really a wonderful weekend in the city of Fernando. And Derek, something's going to be happening this weekend is going to be the Easter shopping extravaganza put on by the Chamber of Commerce and the following vendors will be open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday for you to come in, shop local, consider local. If you have any Easter gifts to purchase, think about doing that or anything coming on with the spring and summer coming up. Bon Von Gift Shop, Commerce Street Market, Cynthia's Boutique, Hernando Flower Shop, J Mod Boutique, KB's Boutique, LG Trend Boutique, Saint Social, Side Alley Gifts, Soco Hernando, Stars in Motion, The Bunker Boutique, The Pink Xenia, and The Square Cupboard will all be available 10 to 5 Saturday, April 8th for the Easter Shopping Extravaganza. Matt, the, uh, that's right. In the following weekend, the DeSoto Arts Council new exhibit, which started on April 1st, will have their, I guess, the, the party for that. It was rescheduled from March 31st due to the storms to Friday, April 14th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's called The Little Light of Mine. Uh, it was, again, supposed to be on the 31st. This is uh, going to show off art from individuals who are on the autistic spectrum. So the entire month, if you want to go right now, again, it started on uh, April 1st. It will go through April 30th. You can go into the Arts Council and see works of art that have been uh, made or or produced by uh, people that are on the autistic spectrum. Uh, And again, the the welcoming party or the, the... you know, party honoring those artists will be next Friday, April 14th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., right there at the DeSoto Arts Council on Highway 51, just north of the square. And finally, the last shout-out that we have is for the following weekend after that. So, again, this weekend, Extravaganza. Next weekend, the Little Light of Mine exhibit. And then on Saturday, April 22nd, will be the annual Mud Bug Bash to the main fundraiser for the Palmer Home. We'll start at 6 p.m. on the Panola Street in Hernando, they close off all of Panola Street. The courtyard behind the Community Foundation is also involved. Just a wonderful, wonderful event. I and mean, this is what at least the fifteenth year, somewhere in there, uh, of the Mudbug Bash. Just a great event. It is the main fundraiser. A great time. Great food. Uh, usually a great band that's out there, and just a wonderful time to go out there. Again, it starts at six p.m. There'll be a silent auction. Uh, plenty of crawfish to eat. But look for tickets for that. Uh, go out there and uh, just a, a wonderful cause. The Palmer Home uh, that uh, that all the the money goes to. And let's just pray that it's a, a beautiful weekend, that April 22nd weekend. Yeah, a massive fundraiser that happens inside the city of Fernando each and every year. They uh, you know, work their way through COVID, and now it's back on. The party's back, and it's, it's going to be as big and better than ever Saturday, April 22nd. Look, if you can't make it, uh, maybe consider still donating. Maybe you can't stay or don't you know, don't care to listen to the band but still want some crawfish. Maybe you, uh, you know, pay your money, come by. They can gladly help you get crawfish and then move your way back to your home or, or whatever. So, so fingers crossed. The weather does, uh, you know, work well or work in, in their favor on that April twenty second. Derek, you and I are very involved in a major event that we put on in February that we have to cross our fingers and hope everything goes well uh, when it comes to weather. So, um, thanks again to all the wonderful nonprofits throughout the city of Fernando and DeSoto County that do wonderful work. We like to recognize you as best we can. If you have a an event coming up in April and May, maybe early June, we'll start to work on those pretty soon. Email us under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. Well, Derek, something that definitely needs good weather is going to be spring sports. Let's turn our attention to the three schools that we cover right here at the UTW Podcast. Get us started with North Point Soccer. Since our last show, North Point played a game last Thursday against Westminster, a game that was played tight throughout and entered the second half of extra time. With 20 seconds left, it looked to be going to PKs when Westminster found the back of the net on a ball that dribbled past the goalie and get a 2-1 win over the Trojans with the golden goal. The Trojans fell to 4-3, 
0-1 in district, and look to regroup Tuesday night on the road at FACS. Going on the road was just what was needed for the Trojans as they bounced back from that tough loss to get a 6-1 win over FACS. The Trojans pulled a 500 in district and overall to 5-3. Their next match will be a tough one Thursday night at home versus district foe Lausanne. The Trojans really need this win to stay in contention for potentially hosting a playoff game with four district games left. Now moving to the baseball side. The Trojan baseball team traveled to Whitehaven last Thursday and took care of the Tigers 12-1 in five innings. Hudson Brown had two hits with a double and with also the winning pitcher who pitched four innings and had six Ks. Seth Jampertone had two hits with a double and two RBIs. And Isaiah Nolan had two hits, one of them a double. The varsity then traveled to FACS on Monday for the first game of that two-game series Connor Matnat goes five and two-thirds inning with six strikeouts to get the game one win against the Crusaders. Rob Hayes, Hunter Brown, and Sammy Chapman have two hits to lead the Trojans. The Crusaders then came to South Haven for game two Tuesday night and completely turned things around on the Trojans, taking that game seven to three. This is the Trojans' first loss of the season with J.B. Williams taking the loss. The Trojans are now 12-1-1, and 3-1 in district, and will look to get back on the winning side Thursday in their last game before a small Easter break. Now moving down to Lewisburg. The Lady Patriots were busy since our last show with a game Thursday night against district foe Center Hill. The Lady Patriots won a good tight game with the help of two Center Hill errors, 7-4, with Casey Raggett getting the win and Avery Williams having two hits with three RBIs. On Saturday, they traveled to DeSoto Central for a tournament where they faced off against Dyersburg and Northwest Rankin. In the first game against Dyersburg, the Lady Patriots end the game in the fifth inning by scoring seven runs to win 11-1. Stokes had three hits and three RBIs. In game two against Northwest Rankin, Emma Abrams hurls a good game, but the Lady Patriots can only muster one hit the entire game against a strong pitching performance from Northwest Rankin and lose 2 to nothing. They took their 15-6-2-0 record into this week where they welcomed county rival Hernando on Monday night for the first game this year between the two good programs. This game was a pitcher's duel with Kate Johnson owning the mound for the Tigers. The Tigers get a huge 2-0 victory over the Lady Patriots that could be a preview of the playoffs to come. The Patriots fall to 15-7, 2-0 in district, lose their second game in a row to two to zero and hope to get their bats going again Thursday night when they travel to DeSoto Central this time to play the Lady Jaguars. Lewisburg baseball, the number four Lewisburg baseball team had taken game one of their first district series of the year against uh, Olive Branch and looked to go for the sweep in games two and three on Wednesday and Thursday of last week. The Patriots get the win in game two, 12 to one in five innings with Samuel Richardson having two hits, including a homer and three RBIs. The next night, they just piled it on Olive Branch, 22 to one in four innings. Cooper Bennett had a home run and three RBIs. Matt McGee had a home run and three RBIs. Gunnar Gilmore had a home run and three RBIs. And Osteen got the win on the mound with seven Ks. Their record was then 15-5, 3-0 in district, heading into this week where they started their three-game district series on Monday against Center Hill. Lewisburg is able to go up 3-0 just to see Center Hill rally back to within 3-2 on the top of the third. Lewisburg gets another one back in the bottom of the third, and Center Hill gets within one again in the top of the sixth, only to see Lewisburg match them in the bottom half of the sixth and hold on to a 6-4 game one win. Alex Hannigan goes two for three with three RBIs, and Ethan Fessmeyer, Cagle, and Gilmore 
also have two hits for the Patriots. On Tuesday, the Patriots are looking to go ahead and take the series as they travel the short distance to Center Hill for Game 2. In Game 2, Taylor Haley goes all seven innings and has 11 K- Ks as Lewisburg gets the 9-0 win. Their record is now 17-5, 5-0 in district, and they look for the sweep of Center Hill back at Lewisburg on Thursday night. Now moving down under the water tower with your Tiger softball and baseball teams. The Lady Tigers look to come off their Tuesday loss last week to DeSoto Central and faced off against district foe South Haven Lady Chargers last Thursday. They wasted no time getting back on the winning track, getting the victory 17 to nothing. That improved their record to 17 and 6, 2 and 0 in district, heading into the big matchup Monday night against the Lady Patriots in Lewisburg. As already mentioned, the Lady Tigers get a huge win over a county rival and a potential playoff foe of the Lady Patriots. Kate Johnson did have, she had that two-hit shutout and strikes out 10 in that dominant performance on the mound. The Lady Tigers then turn around on Tuesday night to take on Cenotopia in another non-conference game at Cenotopia. This was another good win for the Lady Tigers as they take the game 7-1 over the Lady Warriors. Their record is now 18-6, 2-0 in district, and they will look to stay on the winning track on Thursday. And finally, Hernando Baseball. Your number six Hernando baseball team was upset in Hernando last Tuesday night by South Panola and had to battle back to win the next two to take the series. In game two, things got chippy as Hallis Lawson leads the Tiger with two hits and Holmes gets the win as the good guy Tigers get the victory 5-3. to three. The deciding game three would be on Saturday, but for Hernando finally showed who the better team was back at home taking game three in easy fashion 12-2 in six innings. Hallis Lawson again leads at the plate with two hits, including a home run and five RBIs. The Tigers were then 16-4, 5-1 in district, and entered this week facing their last team in their district for their three-game series, Horn Lake. Games were to take place Tuesday night with a doubleheader at Horn Lake and then next Monday due to Easter weekend in Hernando. Hernando makes easy work of the Eagles, winning game one 15 to nothing in five innings, and the second game 14 to nothing. Hayden Carlini gets the win in game one, going the whole way with nine Ks. Hallis Lawson, Topher Jones, Brody Martin, and Cannon Ford all have two RBIs. Hernando is now 18 and 4, 7 and 1, and will look for the sweep over Horn Lake after Easter. Derek had an opportunity this morning to talk to a parent of one of the Hernando Tiger baseball team. She really did mention, I mean, fifteen nothing, fifteen nothing. She felt bad for the Horn Lake players. It, it's, it was, it was tough to sit well, through I mean, what she said. And just, it was, I mean, again, we talk about it. We've talked about it aggressively, you and I, for almost three years now. Uh, all the different, not that we have many listeners that are, you know, Hernando Tiger or DeSoto County, DeSoto Central Jaguars or Patriot baseball players, but man, kids. Don't take for granted what we have. And we have a good rec league program. Uh, we have coaches that push you, parents that push you, people that are expecting a lot of you. Um, and she said it was really sad to sit at Horn Lake Field last night and watch um, just those kids that knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. They knew they were about to get beat really and bad. And they've got to come back to Hernando on Monday Correct. and do it again. And, and do it again and know what's coming. So, Well, you just hope that the Hernando coach, which I, I, I'm sure he will, there's a lot of JV. There's a lot of JV you know, JV players seeing some playing time to get them ready for the future. Somebody, I think she did mention something to me. I was like, hey, was it like a run rule, four innings? And I think district games have to go to a certain distance. Oh, well, possibly. yeah, because it was five innings. Both okay. of them were Yeah, five both of them innings. had yeah. to go a certain thing when 
they probably could have been called at yep. three or four, but you know, it's just it is what it is now that they're a district game. So really sad. But what I'm what I speak of is the different things. I mean, you and I, the involvement is tremendous, and that's going to build a better base. That's going to build a better everything. And she said it was really tough to watch those kids from Horn, Horn Lake who don't they don't have the they don't have the baseball. Uh, That's right. Uh, people investing in them like we do in Hernando. Well, in baseball, but they do they do excel in soccer and basketball. They have won a state championship in football a couple of years ago. It's just yeah, baseball usually is, on that side of it. It's, it's usually a pretty tough season. Sure, the spring I mean, sports usually have a pretty tough season. Exactly, you, you're right. So great job by all those young women and young men that put themselves on the line for the Patriots, the Tigers, and the Trojans. Uh, we'll continue to give you a, a congratulations and give you a shout out here on the UTW podcast. Well, Derek, as we begin to wrap up our show, let's uh, going to be a, dip, a little bit different as we wrap up this show because it is a special time for when it comes to the end of our show but it's a special time this weekend easter sunday is this weekend so uh please uh, as i've mentioned numerous times over the last several weeks this sunday is the most well attended sunday each and every year when it comes to church and we want to always continue to do that on at the end of our show encourage you to visit a local church numerous churches inside the city of fernando throughout the county of DeSoto, and uh, we want to encourage you please consider visiting a church this weekend. Hernando Methodist Church, where Derek and I attend, three services, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. Give it 8, 9.30, and maybe 10.55. So to be safe. You say to be well, safe. to get a seat, probably. Right, 10.55. 55. So 8, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 10.55 this Easter Sunday. If you're considering visiting a church, they're going to have things on Facebook. They're going to have their service times, maybe even on the signs that, they, that you see outside the churches. Please let this Sunday start a new trend in your life when it comes to uh, attending church with your family. Uh, and in Hernando Methodist Church, we'd love to have you uh, down there. And, uh, Derek, so taking off from Sunday school this week. That's correct. So your Sunday school class will not be meeting this week, and you guys will begin to wrap up the book. Still a couple of chapters no, left. No, actually, we finished oh, up. Oh, finished the book. We okay. finished last week. Um, so we kind of – I mean, we, we didn't completely finish it. Like, he ends with uh, giving us a list of 20 – items that we could try to you know uh incorporate into our lives and we got through about 10 to 11 right. of them some of them kind of related to each the, other the remaining nine just well no it's not that it's like <laughs> hey look you've got the book um, but isn't that our society though just send me the cliff notes just send me the cliff notes <laughs> exactly well i mean you know, you've got the book if you want to look at the other nine but we just kind of get the gist some really good suggestions in there some of them are over the top some of them are very hard to incorporate depending on what your job may be uh but hopefully you know there was a couple things that each of the uh people in the class could take with them i know i have and uh, kind of incorporate that, hopefully, again, to eliminate hurry from your life, to try to slow down and really just spend time with God. Uh, that you right. know, we sure. all make excuses that we can't do. So that will end of that last week. We will take this week off, and I'll be happy to preview what we're starting next week uh, on our next show. Yeah, look forward to that, Derek. I mean, again, Easter Sunday. This is what it's all about. I mean, we don't have to. We're not going to go into the the gospel and the message. Uh, most people that are listening to our show probably already attend church with their family. Uh, but uh, maybe invite somebody to church, or if you're a younger person, invite somebody to youth group. This coming up Wednesday. I know we record on Wednesday, but ne- you know, next Wednesday, uh, invite somebody to youth group and 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 ask them to keep coming and just be intentional when it comes to their faith because that's uh that that's what happens. Derek is changing lives and keeping people grounded and and, and intentional in their faith to um. It just changes lives. That's right. There's no way fans about it. It definitely does. And uh, speaking of changing lives, Derek, thank you for tuning in to the UTW Podcast today. And if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, give us a five-star review wherever you listen to it. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to our show, give us a five-star review. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local 
podcast. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. They release a show early Monday mornings covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also deep dive into Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, I hope you uh, hope everything goes okay from a weather standpoint. Look forward to being back with you next week. I'd like to tell all of our listeners, happy Easter. Hope to see you in church this weekend. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. Oh.